Lord, we thank you for your word. Thanks for this time together. May our hearts be open to what you want to teach us about prayer in these next couple of months, starting today, in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of verses before Jesus begins his teaching on prayer there that we just uh, reviewed together. In verse 7 of Matthew 6, he says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Now, heathen may sound like a harsh word. It's, 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 it's really a, another word for those who just exclude God from their lives. And then Jesus says, for, for, for they, they think. They think that they will be heard by their many words. So in other words, you can, you can be praying and have no heart connection with God. That's what Jesus is saying. So don't just vainly repeat. I've prayed prayers like that before. I've prayed prayers in my own words like that before, actually. Because there's times when, yeah, I have to be honest. My, my heart's, for whatever reason, not in it. We need to be aware of that, Jesus is saying. And it's without a doubt that millions of people over the many centuries have repeated the words of the Lord's Prayer in a, you know, a formal, uh, repetitive way without that heart connection, uh, you know, simply as a ritual. Don't let that happen in your life. And, and yes, certainly we can, we can pray uh, this, the, this outline that Jesus gave in, in the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, we, we, can, we can pray it and repeat it, and it can be meaningful, right? If our posture is that of surrender in our relationship with Jesus, and, and if, our, if our words are, are genuine from our heart. In our uh, 2022 Daily Time with God booklet, there are some helpful prayer pages about the Lord's Prayer. Some of you have uh, alluded to that, and I, I encourage you to check it out either online, uh, eaglemontchurch.ca, go there under the Resources tab, or you can pick up a hard copy at the back today. Um, just some helpful uh, uh, um, words, pages that, that will uh, guide you through praying meaningful meaningfully in the Lord's Prayer. Jesus never wanted prayer to be a formality. Rather, this prayer that he led his disciples in, it's a guide that he gave us to help us engage with various aspects of life that we can talk to God about in our relationship with him. I mean, look look at the prayer. Within this prayer, we, we see intimacy, with God. We see the, the transcendence of God, which is important for us to understand. We see expressions of submitting to God's will and God's ways, and that's something all of us need to do, not just young people, right? Daily. Uh, we, we see the, 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 uh, the humble request for daily provision, the needs that He cares about. In our life, we see a commitment to receive and give forgiveness. We see the expression to be protected from Satan and from his uh, his schemes to trip us up, and he has those schemes. He sure does. And then, in all of this great life stuff, it culminates with a declaration of God's kingdom, power, and glory to be displayed in our lives, and and then as a result in. Uh, in our world. Wow, that, that's, that's, that's a phenomenal prayer outline that Jesus gave, actually. It really is, and, and I'm sure you know that. But prayer, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing, but how many people, even Christian people, uh, engage in prayer enough? I, I'm just 
I'm saying that, that many don't. And there's seasons of my life where, wow, I've been aware of my need to, 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 to grow in consistency and, and depth of prayer. But how many, how many engage in prayer enough to experience the wonder and the power and, and, the, and the blessing of it? Maybe that's a missing element in your life right now. I don't, I don't know. If it is, you can do something about that. Sadly, some people pray only on Sundays in church and many times only as a ritual that has little influence on a person's relationship with God. Some people, even professing Christians, only pray when there's a crisis in their life. Thirteen years ago, during uh, a very volatile economic crisis, uh, a week in which global stock markets declined by $7 trillion, Christian author Philip Yancey received a call from an editor at uh, Time magazine. And the editor's question to him, I'm assuming they knew each other uh, to some degree at least, the editor's question was simply, how should a person pray during a crisis like this? Maybe you've asked that same question. Well, Yancey responded by saying that, you know what, sometimes it's more than okay that our first words in prayer are just, help, God, help me. And that prayer can be a great opportunity to voice our fears, our anxieties. Students, listen. This really applies to all of us, but I, I want to talk to you for a moment. The anxiety and the stress of our culture and what we've even walked through in the last couple of years, the impact emotionally and mentally is, is, is so evident in, in our culture. And maybe you know that in your own life, <laughs> teens or adults. What do you do with that? And of course, you, you, you know, to seek medical input and all, all those, those, those wise things, and God has gifted men. But, but do we go to the great physician? Say, God, I give you this that I don't understand. I give you my fear. I give you whatever it is that's going on inside. I can't even explain it. He's there. He's there for you to turn to. He wants you to come to him. Philip Yancey said this, I've learned to resist the tendency to edit my prayers so that they sound sophisticated and mature. I believe God wants us to come exactly as we are, no matter how childlike we feel. A time of crisis presents a good opportunity to identify the foundation on which I construct my life. If I place my ultimate trust in financial security or in the government's ability to solve my problems, I will surely, he says, I will surely watch the basement flood and the walls crumble. A reference to Jesus' story about what foundation we build our lives on. Sadly, some Christians claim to not know how to pray. And, and I mean, there's a degree where that's, that's fair. And some of that is, is personality. We look to the Word and, all, you know, we look to others who, who know how to pray and the mentoring and the sharpening one another in the body of Christ, all of those things. But... but but prayer is not complicated. I didn't say it's not challenging. I didn't say it's easy for a variety of reasons. But it's not complicated. Oh, some may feel intimidated by 
the, the, the awkwardness, maybe, of talking to someone that you can't see. Fair. That can keep some from praying. Others lack, uh, and maybe all of us at times have had this challenge, uh, lacking the discipline to regularly practice prayer. Actually, practice. Like you think of practice. <laughs> Practicing prayer in an effort to grow in it. When we don't pray, we're kept from experiencing God's presence and hearing the Spirit's whisper of direction and of, of loving encouragement and so on. There's so much, so much we miss out on. Prayer is not some kind of spiritual fast food, though. Um, it takes an investment of, of time and energy. And yet, having said that, it's also something that we can engage in at any moment of any day. As Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, what did he say? Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. Continually, we can, we can, literally, we can be in conversation, and we must, we should, be in conversation with God as our Father throughout every moment of every day as we move about our day and, and experience different conversations and setbacks. And, and, and I, I, I encourage you to cultivate that, that pray without ceasing lifestyle. Just talking to God as you would a friend. God, is there something you want to say to me as I go into this, this meeting or this conversation? It's a growth curve I'm sure that we're all on. And then there are some people who have no idea. They have, they have no, they've, they've had no role model whatsoever, or, or teaching for that matter, but, but no role model for prayer in their life, sadly. About 16 years ago, I was in Tim Hortons on the south, in a south, side, uh, south side of Edmonton, Tim Hortons, and in walked a familiar face, Mr. O, my grade six teacher from way back in my Sherwood Park days. And I ended up going up to him and kind of not sure if he even remembered or not, but he pretended he did. And uh, uh, I mean, I was that good of a student, so I didn't cause him trouble. It's the, the tough kids that are remembered more, isn't it? Um, but we had a great conversation. And he, he told me a little bit about his recent experience, how him and his family were in Mexico just that previous Christmas, and how a, a big wave slammed him hard, and he was seriously injured. They airlifted him to Houston. He was in a coma for 10 days and had weeks of recovery there, and finally got home and, and, and was, was, was uh, doing well. And, and as he shared this, I took the opportunity just to, just to interject a, a brief comment. I said, it seems to me like, like, like God has a reason for you being here. And right away, no, I, I don't believe in that stuff. Okay? But he then went on to tell me that at their Thanksgiving family dinner, which was just a few weeks prior to this conversation we were having, his wife asked him to pray, say grace before the meal, which they had never done before. And so he says, I made an attempt at it. He told me that his prayer that day, along with some other things, included uh, this statement. Thank you, God, for saving my life so I could be here with my family. Interesting. Well, he then told me that when he finished that prayer, his 12-year-old son looked up at him and said, in all seriousness, said, Dad, who are you talking to? I believe I could detect a little regret, actually, in his voice as he shared that with me. But some people have no 
no, no, no basis whatsoever for knowing what prayer is. Of course, that's sad. The point is that we all come from different places relating to, related to learning to pray or not. But no matter what our past has been, prayer is non-negotiable, absolutely non-negotiable in order to have a genuine and vibrant, uh, up-to-date uh, relationship with Jesus. Have you wondered at times why your heart is cold, really cold toward God? First place, one of the first places, along with how's your time in the Word, how's your, how's your time of conversation and listening to God? How's your time of prayer? What's your prayer life like today? Uh, this all begs the question, what is prayer? Well, there are obviously many ways we could define prayer, but Billy Graham, who is known for making things simple, put it this way, prayer is two-way communication, a two-way conversation with God. In other words, there's, prayer is there, there's the speaking part, of course, but prayer also involves, as we've alluded to already this morning, uh, involves the, doing the hard work of learning to listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit that, that can come through the, the Word of God, and can come through that still small voice as the Old Testament refers to it. Of course, that still small voice must, must align with, with, scripture, with Scripture. That's fundamental. But what was it? That's, that's tough. We want to get in, get it done, and get on with our day. And many times I'm there too, just so you know. As I often say, just because I have pastor in front of my name doesn't make this any easier. But let's... Let's grow together in this privilege of prayer this, this, this summer. Let, let's do that. A good metaphor to help us understand what prayer is is this. Prayer is the breathing of spiritual life. We're told that physically we can live 40 days or so without food. They say three days without water, but only minutes without air, without breath, or, or less, <laughs> Dale could come up here and give a dissertation on that and what that looks like, you know, like physic, from a physical standpoint. But it, it applies spiritually as well. Without the breath of prayer, our relationship with Jesus will shrivel up. Without prayer, our spiritual life won't survive. It's dialogue with God, connection with Him, heart to heart, that, 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 that's what sustains and deepens our spiritual life. And that was the intent of this teaching moment of Jesus with his disciples. He, he was not necessarily telling them the specific words to say, although, again, it's not bad to say that prayer verbatim as long as our heart is engaged and we're thinking about how those phrases in that prayer apply to my life and where I'm at, you know, right? Um, but, but Jesus was wanting them to grasp that, that through prayer, through dialogue with God, through listening, that, that their relationship with God would be, would be alive. Not religious. Alive. A true relationship that involves communication, like any relationship, right? And through that, we're, we're brought into closeness with God, the creator of the universe, but he cares about my life and wants to walk with me through it. And, I, and I, can, I can do life in a broken world then with God's wisdom and guidance 
and provision and all of the things that we see in, in this particular prayer. As opposed to ritualistic prayers that, that Jesus, that his Jewish followers would have been familiar with from their background. Luke, the Gospel of Luke records the question that we heard about in the, the video that Pastor Brennan put together. Uh, the, 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 the disciples asked the question. That's awesome. I love it. Teach us to pray. Please, teach us to pray. Or, or, or made that expression. And even though prayer may be challenging to cultivate as a habit, prayer, as Jesus taught it, is not, as I said already, it's not complicated. These next couple of months as we sit under the teaching, literally under the teaching of Jesus on the spiritually foundation, foundational topic of prayer, I'm asking you to, to join with me as I've approached the study and preparation in, in this message and the other uh, pastors that will, that will teach uh, on Sunday mornings here. Our desire is to grow in this spiritual habit of, of prayer. And I, we invite you. I encourage you, I implore you to join with us in this. To grow in our understanding, certainly, but our practice of prayer. I mean, summertime, I think, is a great, it's a great opportunity for many, for a spiritual discipline like prayer to be, uh, to be deepened, to carve out that little extra time, to do a little bit of reading from, and there's, there's, there's good resources on, on, on helping us pray. In, in meaningful ways. So we, be, we begin this series by looking at just the first two words of the Lord's Prayer that could be called the Disciples' Prayer. It's come to be known as the Lord's Prayer. Two simple but very powerful words. Our Father. Hmm. Matthew 6, 9. Jesus begins this way very intentionally because he knew we needed to remember who it was that we're coming to in prayer. Our Father. These two words remind us of the deep relationship that we have with God, the, 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 the almighty creator, as I said already, of, of the universe. Jesus, re, and Jesus reiterated this in John 20, 17, that, uh, that it applies to us. He says, I am going, he said, I am going to my father and your father. That's cool. Jesus consistently prayed to his father using the Aramaic title, Abba. I'm refusing the temptation to sing right now. Just saying, sorry, that's really lame. Um, Abba. But that Jesus would instruct his disciples to pray using that term was, I think, a bit surprising for the Jewish mind. A little too familiar based on their religious background, right? Prayer that the disciples were used to from their Jewish background was, was, was more... A formality. And it, it, their prayer uh, from their background reminded them or kind of led them to believe that well, God is afar off. He's distant. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad that changed because of the cross. Hey? Eh? The curtain torn so that we could enter into God's presence directly. Abba was, it was a, it was a term of, of endearment, of intimacy, spoken with affection. It was often used uh, between, uh, from young children to, to their fathers. And this is, what Je- this is what Jesus was encouraging as he taught his disciples about prayer. This is the idea. 
It's the idea of coming to God this way as, as little children who are dependent for everything. We don't like to admit that, but we are coming to our Father in that way. Abba, Father. It's a beautiful picture. And then it's continued through the New Testament. Uh, Romans 8, 15, Paul said, So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. No. Instead, you received God's Spirit. He dwells in us if we've surrendered our lives to Christ. That's a biblical truth. The Spirit of God. When He adopted you as His children, now we call Him, we get to call Him, Abba, Father. Now, I understand that the word father does not bring good memories for everyone. In his excellent little book about the Lord's Prayer, uh, Philip Keller writes, Little do many fathers know the importance of their role in shaping the character of their children at an early age. Long before boys and girls are even off to school, the cast of their character and the pattern of their personality has been shaped under the parents' hands in the home. More often than we would admit, this is a period of pain for some children, he writes. Deep doubts, um, deep doubts and misgivings arise in the impressionable minds of youngsters. They wonder if they're really wanted. They long to know if they're really loved. They search for someone who can really be trusted. He continues to write, he says, the title of father, instead of being rich with warm and happy memories, is frequently associated with anger, hostility, sometimes even hate. And the tragedy, he writes, is that in ascribing the title to God as our father, people sometimes unconsciously transfer to him all of those debasing attributes associated in our minds with some of our human fathers. Of course, that's sad. And I can't wrap my head around that because that was not my experience by, by God's grace and, a, and, a, and a, a godly father. But for some of you, it's a different upbringing. And if you don't have a good earthly example of what a father is, please don't, please don't let that keep you from being drawn to the heart of our heavenly father who is gracious, who is loving, who is patient, who is all wise and wants you in his family. If you don't have an experiential category for such intimacy, Because it's nowhere in your upbringing, then (laughs) now is your time to experience it. In your relationship with the Father. Pastor and author James Emery White creates a great picture. He writes, imagine a strong but loving father you've always yearned for. Imagine you're walking down a path together, his arm around your shoulder. He's listening and offering words of encouragement, loving you unconditionally. Unlike your own, with this father, you don't feel awkward, but totally at ease. You feel freedom and safety, warmth and security. What a great picture. And that's all true. That's all possible because of the cross of Jesus. My friends, please let that image of God inform your relationship with your father. And those who had a loving earthly dad can be so grateful for how that positively shapes your experience with 
God as Father. And I might, ha- I might add, there's, there's no need at all to, to be afraid of this word intimacy. It really isn't. It's a word that brings strength. It's an experience that, uh, that, that leads to genuine relationship and comes out of genuine relationship. And, and it comes to us only, again, by what Jesus did on the cross, to allow for the possibility of our adoption into God's loving and eternal family, whereby we get to call Him Father. Like the Bible describes Father. And I quote James Emery, Pastor White, again, further, uh, describing the picture of intimacy. He says, when a child talks to a parent, at least in a healthy parent-child relationship, there's a disarming honesty. There's an absence of deceit. There's an utter transparency. There's, a bound, there's boundless affection, unquenchable curiosity, and absolute truth. Wow. Powerful stuff. All very deep, meaningful life-transforming elements. We have the amazing privilege of calling God our Father. And that means some incredible things. And I conclude today with a small list that really is the tip of the iceberg of, uh, you know, of what the description of God as Father is. And I encourage you this week to, uh, in, in addition to something I'm going to leave you with as a little homework assignment at the end today, uh, to add to it this, um, to, to reflect further, to read, reread a little bit and reflect a little bit on, on each of the Bible references that I'll give with each of these points. God as our Father is attentive to our needs, and these are going to be quick, just a few. Attentive to our needs, Matthew 6, 32. He's not a God who's aloof from human creation, far off, No. He is aware of our every need and wants to meet those needs. So let's come to Him. God as our Father is never too busy to listen. He, he, he's never tired. Can you believe it? He's never tired of me going to Him. I was going to say, I can't believe it, but I, I do believe it, actually. But, wow. <laughs> In Matthew 20, Jesus and his, his disciples were leaving for Jericho. So they're all saddled up, ready to go, ready to get on the highway on their trip. You know what it's like. If you're like me, you like to get going and you like to keep going, right? Because you got to beat the time that you made it there last summer, okay? So here's Jesus and his disciples saddled up and ready to go. And Jesus notices a couple of blind men and they're begging by the side of the road. Jesus stops for them. <gasps> wow, I'm challenged by that. But he wasn't too busy. In Matthew 20, 32, it says that Jesus stopped because he saw these two men who were begging. And he, was, he wasn't too busy to stop and listen. And he did. He reflected the heart of the Father to those guys. Never too busy for us. Never too busy for you. God as our Father is unconditionally loving. God's not standing before us with a set of scales in his hands, weighing the good deeds you do against the bad things you do. No, his love for us and his acceptance of us is not dependent on our performance, as we uh, talked about a lot recently in the, the, the uh, series that we recently did. But, but, oh, sure, he wants us to grow in our Christ-like character, but when we stumble and fall and sin... He still loves us exactly the same. His love for us doesn't dip down at that moment. Not at all. He just wants to pick us up and say, okay, what can we learn from that? Trust me. Let's keep going. 
Love it. Uh, and then God as our Father is caring. First Peter 5, 7. You can read it on your own about casting your anxiety on because he cares for you. I just said it. Sorry. Uh, then God as our Father is near. I love in, in Deuteronomy 4, 7 what Moses says to, uh, straightforwardly to the people of Israel. He says it this way. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? What a great statement. It's true today. For you and me as Christ followers. Too often people view God, you know, as a, as a stern judge. Oh, oh, yes. Read the books that talk about the future. The scriptures that, that talk about the, there will be a time when he will judge those who have rejected his offer of grace in this world. But for, for us now, his judgment has already been put on Christ for our sin. And when we apply the, the sacrifice of his life to our life, we step into freedom. Freedom from the judgment and wrath, justifiable wrath of God for our sin. I mean, God, God went to great lengths to have compassion or to, to have companionship with you and I. And so now we get to call him our father. What's, what's keeping you from surrendering? If you haven't, what's keeping you from surrendering to God that way? Whether you're in person here or engaging online, I, I, I seriously want you to ponder that question. What's keeping you from uh, stepping across that line of faith and trusting Christ as the forgiver of your sin and the leader of your life? What, what's keeping you from doing that? You can be brought into his eternal family in an instant by simply asking him to forgive your sin, to, 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 to express your trust in him as your forgiver and the leader of your life. And, and you can literally, right now even, just pray this. If this is where you're at and you want to make that commitment of your life to, to Christ, your eternal trajectory and destination is instantly changed. It's not something you work for. It's faith expressed in the work of Jesus that took care of the sin in all of our lives. And you can say, God, Father, I thank you for sending your son. Jesus, thank you for, for stepping in for me and taking upon yourself that, that crushing load of the penalty for sin. My sin, thank you. I don't have to bear that penalty anymore because you did for me. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. I surrender to you. I want to walk with you. I want to, I want to be a part of the body of Christ that you established for my mutual benefit and for the opportunity I have to, 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 to encourage others. Lord, help me to walk with you now in this new relationship on into eternity. If you prayed that prayer, your eternal destiny, you, you just moved. Literally, you just moved from being separated on a trajectory of being separated from God for all eternity to being in God's family for all eternity. And now he calls us when we make that decision to be his disciples, his learners, his apprentice of what it means to show and share his message of love and grace in our world, representing Christ and walking in faithfulness to God and loving his word and and loving the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ and all, all of that. But we're in the family of God by our expressed faith in what Jesus did on the cross. And if that's something you did today, 
we'd love to hear about it. If you're engaging online, there's a little button you can click that says, I'm accepting Christ or something similar to that. Or you can go to eaglemont.info and there's a, there's a, there's a I'm new button you can click on and just leave us that information. Let us know that you made that commitment today. Matter of fact, I'm going to pause right now. And if, if someone in this place, in your heart, you just spoke that prayer, you expressed that prayer, you confessed Christ in this moment, I, I'm just while everybody's looking at me, I, I'm not going to point you out and embarrass you, but I, I want to pray for you as we close today. If you, if you prayed that prayer and, and, and you're expressing that commitment of your life to Christ today, I, I would love to know about it. And you, I just ask you to simply raise your hand and look my way right now. I'm going to give you a moment to do that. Is there anybody that in this place, made that commitment today. Just wanted to give you that opportunity. I hope and pray that we're all in the family of God. And those who we know who aren't, God calls us to reflect his love and share his message with with them every day, right? And for Christ followers today, who want to grow in prayer, you, you, don't, you don't need to be timid in approaching God because he's, again, he's your loving heavenly father whose heart is bent your direction, whose, whose ear is, is, is open to you. And so uh, in, in response to this message today, I'm going to ask you to do something this week. For the next seven days, starting today, this afternoon or this evening, I, I'm asking you to, to, get, to take five minutes every day. In addition to your regular Hopefully, you know, you have your regular time with God in, in the Word and prayer. Don't interrupt that. But I want you to find five more minutes to pray and to talk to God with, with the Lord's Prayer as your guide, as your outline, um, as, the, as the actual words, wh- whatever. However you feel God leading you to engage with this. And, and, and pray the, the categories that Jesus covered in this prayer, expressing maybe in, also in your own words about some of, those, some of those areas. And in some of those categories, the, the words will come easier than others, and it's, it's not so much about that. But engage with this prayer for five minutes every day this week. And I, I, I'm just going to seal this, not because I need this, but it, it, for those that say, I, I can do that. I'm going to do that. I mean, I, I'm going I'm to step into to growing in my prayer life this summer. And, and here's a little opportunity. To, to lean into that. Seven days, five minutes a day, opening up Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Parking on that. And, and you might not get past the first phrase. That's okay. There's no, there's no template. There's no cookie cutter approach to this, right? But if you're saying, I, I can do that, I'm, I'm going to ask you to, in a minute, lift your hand just as a commitment. I'm going to pray that it'll be such a meaningful experience for you this week. So I don't, I, I, I don't want your hand raised. I just, I'm pausing intentionally because I want you to think about this. And I can hardly see who's who with the lights so you don't have to worry about what Marlo's going to think, okay? Because it's not about that. It's between you and God. And I'm going to pray for you if you're making that commitment this week. Seven days, five minutes a day, Lord's Prayer. God, teach me. Teach me to pray that we're asking the same making the same statement of desire like the disciples, his original disciples made. Who would raise their hand and say, I'm, I'm going to commit to that. Include me, Pastor Marlowe, in closing prayer today that this will be a, just a meaningful experience this week. I'm, I'm actually raising my hand because I'm committing to do this. I, I need to do this. So God, you see every heart.
that these hands represent. And the desire that I have, and I know these individuals also have, to grow in intimacy and closeness and dependence on you, God, we need to in this world. Help us. May this week, for each one who has raised their hand, be exactly what you want it to be. As they lean into the, the, the growth curve of, of prayer. Guide us, teach us, lead us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll be praying for you this week. And you can pray for me in this as well. Just before we're dismissed. I'm humbly asking for your attention to a few comments I want to share about our faith expansion journey. And many of you have read the email that came out, but important email that was sent out this past Tuesday to, to let our church family know that uh, the construction bids and tender cost uh, of the construction came in this week. And if you, if you didn't get that email, uh, check your junk folder. Uh, mine sometimes go there. Um, or contact Maureen in the church office tomorrow morning and chat about that. As, as that email indicated, the, the council, pastors, our pastor's council has uh, prayerfully decided to recommend to the Eaglemont church family that we proceed with undertaking a debt load to begin construction of the building expansion. And so uh, two very important meetings in the next nine days, both at 7 p.m. This Tuesday, July 12, is an information meeting be a brief presentation and then an opportunity at tables to look at the plans and talk to council leaders and uh, dialogue and ask questions. Um, and, and an important part is, is an important uh, element to, um, to, to preparing for the following Tuesday, which is a, a special congregational vote meeting, debt load vote, on the 19th of July. And, and friends, listen, if, if you call Eaglemont Church, those in online, just dial into this, please. If, if you view Eaglemont Church as your home church, and maybe you've only been here a week, maybe today's your first Sunday, but already you sense, and this, this, yeah, this is my home. doesn't matter how long you've been around, okay? We encourage you. We invite you. Humbly and sincerely, we ask you to engage in these meetings. Again, whether you're a core team member, as we refer to it, or, or not, and, and those who are Eaglemont members, we're, we just we urge you to to lean into the the, the responsibility side of, of that, that that comes with this to be at these meetings, uh, make them a priority, and especially of course the July nineteenth meeting where where we will we will express our, our our prayerful vote collectively as a as a group that will determine our, our path forward. Uh, in our system of congregational governance, that's uh, uh, the congregation that uh, takes and processes and, and prayerfully considers uh, the, a recommendation of a, of a church board or, or, or council uh, in, our, in our case. I mean, with it being summer, we know, it's, and we've already expressed this, Leanne has been up here, or whoever it was, but the timing isn't ideal, but the decision... Um, if the decision is made to proceed with construction, then we're really up against the clock to get the basement poured before freeze-up so that we don't have to hoard and, and pay the high cost of, of gas to, to heat that during that process. So it, it's been, and, and the delays we've experienced uh, were beyond our control. And so 
Here we are, mid-July, right? We, we recognize that. So we ask you for just uh, a, real, a real commitment here of, of follow-through, uh, everyone, but again, particularly core team members. For these meetings, we, we highly prefer that everyone attend in person. But if you're away on vacation, we will provide, uh, as you read the email, uh, if you read the email, a, a Zoom option to, to connect in at that meeting. And if connecting via Zoom is not even possible, you're in the backcountry being chased by bears or something, um, we're, we are providing a proxy vote option this time. And there'll be more information forthcoming about that. So watch your, watch your email about that. A proxy vote for the, the July 19th, a week from Tuesday uh, meeting. Uh, and if you absolutely can't attend in person or via Zoom and need to utilize the, the proxy vote option, please do your due diligence and have your questions answered. Don't, don't vote uninformed. Uh, we can put you in touch with, uh, uh, with council members, or belt uh, team members, um, but, uh, but, but, but please, um, yeah, uh, please engage with, with those questions. Or, or, you know, if you can't be here at the information meeting, you'll have opportunity to do that. But if you can't, just, uh, that's very, very important. And thank you, church. As we've, as we've asked you before, and I'm trusting that you are, just, just praying, praying for continuing guidance and direction as, as we approach these uh, important and, and very significant, very significant uh, meetings in the life of our, of our church, truly. Uh, and and we, must, we must be seeking God and praying together uh, it, it, because it, it, it's daunting as, you, as you'll come to learn at the, at the meeting. And uh, it's daunting and, and exciting all at once. Our, our prayerful goal is to have a, a, a place of expanded ministry and outreach to happen for, for generations to come. If you heard Maureen's testimony talk about that, just how investing now for future generations is such, such a privilege. The way she put it is so good. I think that's, that's online, isn't it, uh, to watch it uh, if, you, if you want to go and, and watch that. Um, it's absolutely a God-sized vision. It is. But the God we serve... A big God. He's a big God. And, and his leadership, we've sensed his, his direction in this. And uh, really, from when the first phase of this church facility was constructed some 16 years ago, we, and, and through the pro, we've, one of the council members, or more than one, in our four hour meeting on Monday night, as we talked about this and came to a, a, a unanimous recommendation you need to know to, to a person. Um, the comment was just we, we, reflecting on, on God's faithfulness, his, his miraculous provision in, in so many ways over these, these many years. And, and, and we trusting him and believing that that will continue as we, as we take a, a big contingent upon congregation's vote, of course, a core team member's vote, but uh, take this big, big step, big faith step. So again, thank you. Seriously, for praying uh, for God's continued direction. So once again, core team members, I, I can't stress enough that you be engaged on that July 19th meeting. We've set the vote required to move forward uh, up 5% from what is constitutionally required of 75. We've, we've chosen and decided to set that uh, at 80%, uh, affirming vote to move forward. 
Um, and again, if, if, you, if you know that you just cannot be here in person for these meetings, uh, go to eaglemont.info and you'll see a button there that says expansion meetings. Uh, click on that to be taken to a page of information about these meetings. And within that information page, there's a link to click on in order to uh, request the Zoom meeting link for those meetings. Uh, and as soon as you submit that request, the Zoom link will be sent to you. So be sure to, to save that confirmation email so you have easy access to it on the meeting nights. And again, thank you for prayerfully approaching uh, this congregational meeting, listening to God's direction together as a church family. It's crucial. And again, I stress though, those who are not official members, as we say, core team members, you're, you're part of the church family. And, and, and we want you engaged in this, in this process as well. So uh, feel free to ask your questions, and, and please be here in, in these meetings as well. Let's stand together. I'm just going to lead in a prayer for, specifically for this. Um, yeah. Heavenly Father, we pause right now, and again, as we, as we have been praying so much, we want your direction. We want your guidance. We want your wisdom. And Lord, that you would lead us as a church family, each step of the way. Lead, lead us as we've seen your faithful leadership over the years in so many different ways. We know we can trust you for that. That's our heart. Our heart, is to, to, our heart and desire is to, is to do what you want us to do. And so, <laughs> you've already written in your word and told us that when we ask genuinely for, for your wisdom in anything, you'll, you'll give it. And so we're asking Guide us. Guide us. These next couple of meetings, we commit to you already. Help us in these days. As part of the Eagle Mom family, just to be, just to be praying, to be, to be watering this with prayer. And attuning our hearts to your voice, we humbly ask. In Jesus' name, amen.